This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome, one and all, to the latest edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull. Brought to you, as always, by Bet Rivers. Thanks again to everybody who joined me on the live podcast on Tuesday. That was a lot of fun. We'll be doing that again. I'll be giving you updates uh, sometime later this week or next week. Uh, today on the podcast, special guest, a guy I talked to on the radio many times, but I haven't spoken to him in a couple of years, former NFL quarterback Sean Salisbury. Sean, of course, uh, played a long time in the NFL and has been doing sports talk now for many years. As we all know, he keeps close tabs on every team, including the Browns. I'm curious to what he has to say about the Browns and also the the Texans because he works in Texas. And uh, how big a deal is it that C.J. Stroud will not be playing? That's all coming up on this edition of the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. All right, so get extra value this football season with bet river squares with up to $10,000 in bonus money, bet $10 in same game parlays on any game with the squares icon to earn a square. All right. Uh, Sean's going to join us in just a couple of minutes, but I wanted to go over the latest in terms of the injury report. Number one mentioned CJ Stroud in the open CJ Stroud did not practice on Wednesday. He's still in concussion protocol, still has symptoms, According to multiple multiple reports, he is not expected to play this Sunday. Not surprisingly, the point spread at our Bet River Sportsbook has gone from Texans minus two to now Browns minus two and a half. So we've actually, I'm sorry, it was actually Texans minus two and a half. So the, the spread has flipped five points from Texans minus two and a half to Browns on the road minus two and a half at the Texans. Not a surprise. In terms of Browns injury updates, the Browns did not practice yesterday. They did a walkthrough, and they released a pre-practice injury report. And based on that, the following players uh, did not or would not have practiced if there was practice on on Wednesday. Uh, Not today, but Wednesday. Joel Batonio, who left the game with a back injury, his knee is also listed there. Obo Okoronkwo, uh, who missed the last game, may miss the rest of the season, pectoral injury, and Juan Thornhill with a calf injury. So what that means is some other guys did return to practice. Anthony Walker was able to practice this week, uh, was able to practice or was would have practiced on Wednesday if there was a practice, and Ethan po- Posick would have practiced as well. So this is big. Uh, we'll see what happens today on, in practice. But if the Browns can get the middle of that offensive line back together, we'll see on Batonio. But if Posick and a Batonio can play this week, that would make a huge difference. Obviously, you want Anthony Walker healthy. It's one of the few position groups that you've been healthy is at linebacker. So it sounds like he's uh, trending in the right direction. You would think Denzel Ward be, would be able to play more this week as well. 
Oh, how do all these injuries affect the game? We'll break it down and talk all things NFL with Sean Salisbury uh, from AM790 in Houston when he joins me next right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. Welcome back. It's the bullpen with Adam the Bull, and we're joined by a guy who used to come on my uh, Bull and Fox radio show all the time, but I've been gone for a while now from the radio, doing the podcast and the TV, and uh, he's still doing his thing down in Houston and and uh, been talking football and quarterbacks for years, the former NFL quarterback, Sean Salisbury. Sean, great to see you. How you doing? I'm doing great, brother. It's so good to be on with you, and I love seeing your success, and I had so many great times with you guys on that show, and continue to follow your great and the great opinion and fun you have. And I've always enjoyed it. So oh. great to see you, my man. Merry Christmas to everybody. Yeah. Merry Christmas to you and happy new year. And thank you. Thank you for the kind words and thank you for uh, joining me. You know, I, this game, it's a perfect week to have you on because I know you follow the Browns and, and, and of course you're following the Texans. And right. when the word came down today, that C, C, first of all, let's just talk about CJ Stroud because you know, there was this thing with Ohio State quarterbacks that they never panned out in the NFL. Not only does this guy look like he's panned out, I don't – I mean, this has got to be one of the greatest rookie seasons we've ever seen from a quarterback. Well, what do you make of how well he's played this year? Yeah, we shouldn't be surprised at how well he throws it because he threw it, he's been throwing it that well since he left high school. I mean, Ohio State, his numbers and his performance were phenomenal. And then all the other exterior stuff, the people, how, what kind of leader and the test scores and – the Texans just loved what they saw and saw through that, and they made the right choice because this guy's IQ, football IQ, is through the roof. The players in the city love him, and he just keeps getting better all the time. And I, I was thinking back to when, from the time when, I, when my era when I played, and that was the Marinos and the Elways and that group, and I was thinking, okay, they're rookie years. And I know we've all gone over this across trying to compare rookie seasons that have been like this from start to finish that have, that have been on this par. I, I can't think of one. And I have tried. I know guys have had moments, and and we're not talking about careers just in one season or three quarters of it. He's been the best I've seen, and his grasp of what they're trying to do here, I love him, and I know in the state you guys are in, they love him as well. And he's exceeded not only all expectations, but by far the expectations. And he is the face of the franchise right now. It's been amazing how he's bought into what they're doing offensively, and um, they're raving about him. And, you know, going into it, People were there were still skeptics like, well, maybe we shouldn't draft a quarterback and oh, it's too bad. It's not Bryce Young. I still think Bryce can be a success. I'm not putting CJ in the Hall of Fame and I'm not calling a nine or, two or 14 game rookie a bust. It's unfair right. to both. And we put these expectations and expect everybody to be Mahomes in his second, and third year right off. I am so it's phenomenal watching the guy play. And bull, the thing that amazes me the most about him is his ability to throw the ball with tremendous accuracy, layering it to 10 yards or more, that 15-yard, the intermediate to long throw. And what a blessing it is because you know if you've got a great coach and great quarterback, look at these franchises, it can literally turn your franchise around. It feels like overnight. We went from a three-win team here to now an eight-win team with a chance to make the playoffs, and everything's gravy. But I think this team, and he now believe they're not on bar, they, you know, how people say, oh, this is house money. It's screw house money. They yeah. think they're a playoff team, and D'Amico Ryans has preached that. C.J. Stroud is a special, special talent. You know, if I had to vote for uh, Coach of the Year, I think Kevin Stefanski and D'Amico Ryans would be 1-2. Obviously, nobody expected the Texans to be good, and they're certainly a playoff contender. 
and the Browns with all the ridiculous amount of injuries they've had to deal with. And the Texans have had a lot of injuries too. Exactly. Uh, but to be on your fourth quarterback, Joe Flacco coming off the couch at almost 39 years old, you're out without Nick Chubb, half the offensive line, you know, all the injuries. These are two fantastic coaches in this game, would you say? Yeah, and Bull, you know what it tells me? It tells me that they, and I've been on teams, and Denny Green was great at this when I was in Minnesota. He used to tell us, I don't care what the, if the, the, the plane's late, could care less if the food at the hotel is cold. You know, he would take care of the players, but his point was, we're still playing a game and the distractions don't matter. We'll all take care. That's not your problem to worry about. And I, I think that when it comes to injuries and what Kevin's done there in Cleveland and here where they've, uh, they haven't had the same offensive line here and it feels like in the same half, let alone games, right? Mm-hmm. And going and, and with Tank Dell hurt and the receiver that yeah. now CJ Stroud out. I mean, the way that D'Amico Ryans and Kevin Stefanski have handled, we use the word culture all the time and sometimes maybe overuse it because we think it applies to everyone when somebody wins a couple games. But really the energy and the culture in the buildings both have changed to where they weren't going to let make an excuse that the rest of us thought, oh, my gosh, no Watson, no Chubb. What's going to happen? Well, you bring in a veteran and Joe Flacco throws three picks but can overcome it. And those good teams, any of us can win 42 to 10. Can you win when everybody's like, no way, what are you doing? You're on your fourth quarterback. Your offensive line's not good. You draft a guy, a rookie quarterback, rookie head coach here, rookie offensive coordinator, and both of them have exceeded it. But they're still talking as if, I mean, they're approaching it as if that was never even a problem for them because that's who they are. It's yeah. built into the DNA. And sometimes it takes longer than you'd want it to, and sometimes you get there quicker. And Kevin's done a great job this year, and so is, uh, has, has D'Amico and – if there's anybody that's better than them for the coach of the year and or that's done more than and there's some really good ones out there, but done more with less considering everything they've been through and the turnaround, you'd be hard pressed to find. You know, you mentioned Flacco there. Um, I- I'll be honest. I- I'm happy to be wrong. When they signed him, I'm like, well, I hope Joe Flacco doesn't have to play. Uh, Joe Flacco. Yeah, he hasn't been perfect. There's been the turnovers. A couple have been ugly. But my God, I mean, this guy's been fantastic. I, I can't believe it at almost 39, not playing for nearly a calendar year. It sounds to me like you're not surprised that he's doing well. Well, well, let, 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 let me make no mistake. When a guy comes off the couch, of course you're surprised and say, okay, can he just hold it together a little bit and make me yeah. a few plays? Not where you throw three picks, two touchdowns, still throw for 350 or whatever it was, and week after week be able to, over, you know, to put up, we know he can throw. Now Joe's not going to move much, and that's okay. But he knows yeah. where to throw it and when to throw it, so you stay away from your weaknesses and the similarities. And it's going to be with with CJ still in concussion protocol with Case Keenum, who you know about there. He's been there, and with yeah. Joe Flacco. The key at this with veterans and why coaches trust them, and you'd go get a Flacco or you'd leapfrog Keenum over Davis Mills, Bull. And I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but it's the trust in their ability to keep you calm in crazy ass storms right that you're not sure that other guys can handle when the chaos hits nobody expected Flacco to be probably this good or perfect and same with Case Keenum or any other backup like when Dobbs when he was doing what he did for a few weeks in Minnesota you want the veteran that can say okay when crap hits and it will hit in every game how do we overcome that well three picks you throw a couple touchdowns and find ways to win you throw a pick six last week Case Keenum you find a way to hang around and so that's why coaches do it. That's why they keep old veterans like myself, me around, that they can trust at least to get you in and out of the huddle, 
They're not going to be as spectacular as starters. You'd be a starter. But they know where to throw it and understand you get to a point in your career where the mental side's not going to get you beat. It's maybe physically you can't quite do it as much, but you make up for it with great mental approach, great mental preparedness, and you know all. there's not much you can do in a 100-yard field with 11 guys on the side any more than we haven't seen. It's just different bodies operating it. I, I'm so proud of Joe and what he's doing, and I, this team's going to be – he's going to be hell because I know that the ball – he's not going to hold it long. Now, he may take a few yeah. sacks, but he'll be relentless in attacking it, and Case Keenum will do the same thing this week. Two KG veterans battling it out, and the one who can limit any physical mistake will probably be in good position, but you won't see many mental mistakes from either one of them. Sean, obviously the rookies, it was Stroud not playing, and Tank Dell was just phenomenal till he got hurt. But beyond that, like Nico, Nico Collins, like his game took went to another level this year. Noah Brown, who had really done nothing in the NFL, has been a factor. Devin Singletary, who in Buffalo had been very hit or miss. I, you know, I'm not watching the Texans every week like you are, but I've seen enough to know he's playing really well. These, I, I, I want, I think C.J. Stroud has is, is played a role in, you know, picking up their game. But you know, it, do they have enough this week? with Case Keenum to overcome this Browns defense, do you think? They, they, that's going to be the biggest task, how you deal with keeping that front seven and a good back end, their, their defense from, you know, for getting, you, getting the Browns a couple short fields. And the fact that Case Keenum's there hopefully can prevent, even when a bad play or something bad happens pre, you know, after the pre-snap, post-snap, that you throw the ball to his mom in the stands or something where you're not trying to play the hero game. And sometimes backups get to the point where they want to play like C.J. Stroud or they want to play like Watson and what happens. And they've both been in the league long enough to know they've been through their hero parts. And now it's just as Denny Green also, you say, drive the bus and get us home safely. Both these guys can and they can also make a few spectacular plays along the way. And as a veteran, you get to a point and I, I preach this all the time with young kids that I teach. Make me the ordinary play. The best quarterbacks in the world make the ordinary play all the time. They make it all the time. And then once they hit the extraordinary play, it's not the other way around. You don't get the, I mean, everybody thinks you throw it around your back and throw off balance like Mahomes, but the majority of Mahomes' plays are made hitting the bubble screen accurately, making the slant throw, getting the ball out of his hands, throwing it away. And these two guys have done it. And I, I, they do have enough, but they're going to have to control a pass rush and a really good back end that can play zone and man. So, yeah, it's going to be difficult to deal with. But you mentioned those guys that have come and, and, and played great football. I think it's twofold. One, Singletary's perfect for this offense because he understands the patience of an inside zone read option type team that they brought from San Francisco. And while CJ deserves a lot of credit, so does coaching. Coaching matters. And Bobby Sloak, as a rookie coordinator, has brought some great concepts that CJ grasped. And I believe this all the time with coaches, what Kevin's doing, uh, D'Amico, Sloak, and these quarterbacks, is that the best of the best maximize the room. They take a guy that Nico Collins, you know, three years in the league, when is he going to upgrade his game? Bam. The ball's out on time. You're giving him a chance to do it. You're giving him opportunities. Tank Dell is a rookie. You believe in him. You don't treat him as a rookie. You treat him as a veteran. And when a quarterback's accurate on time, makes the ordinary plays, people buy in. And if you have these two things with a coach, leadership and buy-in, everybody coming along, things will get better. And then you've got to have talent and people to execute it. But C.J. Stroud's been able to make him better. And you know this, Bull. You've seen it over the course. Quarterbacks who don't make people better lose their job or they're playing somewhere else. Guys who do. And then the guys around them look around and say, damn, he believes in me. Let's go and let's ride. And, you know, we've seen the franchise and coaches do it. And 
Unfortunately, they're both without their starting quarterback, but it's going to be a fun veteran-oriented game and see which one of these guys handles that extra four-week that they blitz, that they make the right decision and don't have any bad plays. Stay out of bad plays and make the ordinary play, and the Texans have been doing that. And in the process, the extraordinary plays have come, and you've seen that in Cleveland as well. Sean, last thing, uh, you talk, you know, I know you work with young quarterbacks. It's important to you. You do great work with the young quarterbacks. I'm curious, you know, with the transfer portal in college football, uh, I, lo- I like the fact that, you know, the old system was no good. There should have been some ability to have movement, especially in certain circumstances. The right. players were taken advantage of. Finan- you couldn't get a free bagel and cream cheese at lunch. Some of these things are ridiculous. Nice. Right. What I'm concerned about with the transfer portal for me is, is this in the long run good for these kids to have complete freedom to do whatever they want? I say that only because it's like, I think there's something good about sticking at a school and battling another guy in competition. And now it seems that players, if there's any competition, they're like, I'll just go somewhere else where I don't have competition. That's how it feels to me. I, obviously, it's not the case where every player transfers, but I think in way too many cases it is, and I, I think that's bad for 18-, 19-year-olds to, to, to not want to compete like that. I, I don't know. What's your take on that? Well, you and I are spot on. We should at some point in time when this offseason hits, do a, we could do a full show on just oh, portal yeah. and name, image, and likeness where we can dive so deep, and I don't want to uh, kill too much of your time, but in, in short, you're exactly not only just the transfer portal, but coaches used to be able to leave and whenever they wanted after recruiting a kid and the kid stuck there. Right. And so you say, well, that, right. there's something wrong with that picture. And then we've, we got this yes. thing where now you got to have a, a buyout and these coaches got to be bought out and they can go. And now we've given the players leeway, but what, what, we haven't found the happy medium for that or name, image and likeness. Right. The kids should be rewarded for great play and being a good player, just like they should be able to go. You know what the transfer portal was made up for a guy like Hudson card. Like when he was at Texas, Ewers comes in. He's not going to play anymore. They go get Arch Manning. What, what are you going to do, man? So what do you do? You transfer to Purdue. You're starting to get a chance to play. I get that. But I, I'm with you. I don't like the, oh, you get beat out, leave again. You get beat out, leave again. I understand injuries. Yeah. And that's for a deep conversation. I want the kid to have some player empowerment. But I think when we give an 18-year-old too much player empowerment, you just go and go and go. No, it's not good for him. And with name, image, and likeness to just leave for money, while some of them are, most of them aren't going to play pro football and or last long in it, I don't begrudge them for getting their money. But we have to regulate it somehow to where it's 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 not good for football. It may be good for the kid and at time the coach and the same coaches that can't stand the transfer portal or name, image, and likeness are the very ones that are going in there and recruiting. I'm telling you what's going to happen. We are now going to get to a point where these coaches don't go after five star high school quarterbacks. You go get them. You train them for two years. I'll just keep going and getting the you know, you know the 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 transfer who's a fourth or fifth year senior at Oregon and at Washington. I'll just keep building. I'll go use him as a one or two year guy. You train him, he'll transfer. We'll pay him and we'll get him. So yeah, I don't like the portal because I think competing is real life, and I think some of this is a bit fantasy world. But if the rules allow the kid to do it and he can get paid, I get it. I do get it. Yeah, I haven't been one. Of, I would have loved to have a, a name, image, and like this money in high school. But the truth of it, and going into college, but the portal. In it's in the in the entire and it's not a bucket and it's not a should I say umbrella statement. Yeah, I, the kids should have a chance to go do it, but there's got to be some rhyme or reason. Right now, it's craziness. It, it just is. And when 1,800 kids or 1,200 kids are in the portal 
two days after. And it's not just a kid. We got an 11 and one starter at Ohio State, Kyle McCord, who transferred. That's on, on a team that can win. That was one half or a game away from playing in the Final Four. It, to me, it's it's absolutely baffling. I yeah. I mean, I you get the emotions go because I'm like, man, it's even worse than any pro sport free agency. It's just go yeah. whatever you want, more money. Yeah, I want the kid to do it, but I also think there's got to be something that says you take a punch to the face, you go win the job. Look what Milrow and look at JJ McCarthy. They stuck it out and they're in the national final four. And let's see. Although I don't with the rules say do it, go get them. But it's yeah. crazy because kids are gonna we're missing the 18 year old kid who deserves a chance for a scholarship is going to miss out because they're going to quit recruiting him and they're just going to recruit the portal. If you want to win a title quicker and coaches want to keep their job, they're going to get the veteran over the 18 year old kid. It's nuts, but uh, sure makes for some good conversation and good banter. Yeah. And and we'll, we will, we'll do something off season. We'll talk more about it. It's a straight show on that. You and I'd have some fun and good banter on that brother. No doubt. Much like everything else in life, people go to the extremes and that's stupid. We got to be closer to the middle. Everything else has got to be closer to the middle. There's got to be a happy medium. They certainly have that. Haven't found that. Hopefully they will. Thanks, Sean. Great stuff, man. Appreciate the time. You're the best. Anytime brother. You're the best. Merry Christmas, man. Look forward to talking to you again. You're in the bullpen with Adam, the bull. Great talking with Sean Salisbury. It was a lot of fun talking with him. Uh, But now it's time. This is it. Last podcast before the game. We're going to go around the league. I'm going to talk, give you predictions for every game this weekend. The triple header on Saturday. I think it's a triple header on Saturday. Is it a triple header on Saturday? Uh, No, double header on Saturday, not triple header. So the double header on Saturday, the full, all the games on Sunday, including the Browns. And then the Monday Christmas Day triple header, which is really cool. Uh, we'll go through all the games. I'll save the Browns for last. Here we go. First game of the week, not including the Thursday nighter. Bengals at the Steelers. No Jamar Chase for the Bengals. Obviously, Joe Burrow's out for the year. No DJ Reader for the Bengals. Uh, Mason Rudolph, the great kazoo himself, is expected to start for Pittsburgh. The Bengals are a two-point favorite in Pittsburgh, trying to win in Pittsburgh three years in a row. But I believe the first time in franchise history, they get it done Close game, but Bengals win by at least a field goal. I'll take the Bengals minus two in Pittsburgh. The Saturday night game has Buffalo at the Chargers. Well, I just, I'm like Bobby Brady. Yeah, Tom, uh, no, Peter Brady. No, no, who's the middle Brady? Uh, yeah, Peter. When it's time to change. Uh, my voice is squeaking. I don't know what's happening. The Bills are a 12-point favorite. We saw how embarrassing the Chargers were on Thursday night football. Unfortunately, they were a standalone game. Uh, everything points to the Bills crushing the Chargers. I want to pick the Chargers. I really do. The Bills looked awesome the last couple of weeks. Chargers have looked awful. The way this football season is gone, you'd think the opposite will happen. I'm not going to do it, though. I'll probably regret it. I'll lay the 12 with the Bills. I would stay away from this. This would not be one of my best bets if I had to. But if I have to pick, I'll take the Bills. I just The Chargers just look like a total disaster. Again, we'll save the Browns for the end. Lions, the Vikings. Uh, Sunday at 1 p.m., the Lions are three-and-a-half-point road favorite. I think they righted the ship last week. Jared Goff played his best game in a month. I'll go with the Lions minus the three-and-a-half on the road. Seahawks have to come across the country, play the Titans. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The Titans are awful. I know they had a great comeback win two weeks ago to beat Philadelphia, uh, but besides that, they've been absolutely atrocious. Seattle had a season-saving win last week uh or yeah well on Monday night football 
Uh, I'm sorry, that comeback win was I, I was like the Titans. I don't think it was against Philadelphia. It was actually against Miami. That was my bad. But uh, I like Seattle in this one on the road. We'll see if Geno Smith gets back. I think he will. He gives him an upgrade. I'll take the Seahawks to win by a field goal or more. Uh, in a game that hopefully none of you have to watch, the Commanders and the Jets. Oh, my God. How do you even pick this game? Both teams are absolutely awful. Uh, this is a complete stay away. I'm only picking this game because I have to. I despise both teams. I'll take the Commanders getting three, but both teams are awful. Colts at the Falcons. The Falcons are a one-point favorite at home. They're going with Taylor Heineke. Uh, I like the Colts in this one. Frankly, I'm surprised that the Falcons are favored. Uh, I know my man Max thinks two NFC South teams again in the playoffs, and he could be right because there's only four good teams that are any good in the NFC, none none from the South. Uh, and I don't I don't believe in the Falcons. I'm not a believer in them. They uh, choked last week, uh, and I'll take the Colts on the road getting a point. I think they win a three to seven point game. Packers at the Panthers. This is another awful game. I'll go with the Packers because the Panthers are just that bad. I don't like the Packers either, but I'll lay the five with, you know what? I'm switching my pick here last second. As bad as the Panthers are, the Packers are not very good either. The Panthers are at home. They they actually won last week. I got to give them a little credit to Panthers. They got a victory. I don't know if it's doing them any good, uh, but, uh, but, but Carolina got their second win of the year. So they're on a roll to, to blow. Uh, the draft pick doesn't matter anyway. They traded away, beat the Falcons 9-7 in a horrible game. I say they they at least cover. I'll, I'll take plus five with the Panthers. Um, the Jags and Buccaneers is off the board right now because of the status of, of Trevor Lawrence. The bottom line for me, if you're going to bet this, if Trevor Lawrence plays, take the Jags. They, they won't be favored by a huge number. I think the line was about three or something. If, if Trevor Lawrence plays, I'm taking the Jags. If he doesn't, I'm taking the Buccaneers in this one. Obviously, the spread will will play a role. Also, Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock, Bears at home against the Cardinals, minus four. Bears defense playing really well right now. Offense is hit or miss. It'll hit against the Cardinals. I'll lay the four. Dolphins, a one-and-a-half-point favorite over the Cowboys. Uh, what to make of this game? The Cowboys looked like as good as anybody, and they got boat raced by Buffalo last week. But Miami, they haven't beat a good team all year. It's two teams that are playing well but are often thought of as fraudulent. They have one big-time win between them. I'll take the Dolphins at home, minus one and a half. The Christmas night game, or Christmas Eve game, I should say. Uh, Patriots at the Broncos, not the most exciting game there either. Broncos are playing decent football. Patriots defense has been pretty good. I actually, believe it or not, like the patch to keep it close. I think the Broncos win, but not by more than a touchdown. I'll take the Patriots plus six and a half. And then the Christmas Day triple header before we get to the Browns. Raiders at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by 10. It's a one o'clock game on a Monday, which looks really weird, but that's because it's Christmas. Uh, I'll take the uh, I'll take the Raiders to cover. I think the Chiefs win, but I think the Raiders keep it within single digits. I like the Chiefs to win by four to seven points, but I'll take the Raiders plus the 10. I'll take the Giants plus 12 against the Eagles. Eagles have lost three in a row. Giants are terrible, uh, but I don't like the way the Eagles are playing right now. I know they're way better than the Giants. This is, again, I feel the same way about this game as I do about Raiders and Chiefs. Uh, I think the favorite's going to win, but I don't think they're going to win by as much. I, I like Again, I like this game to be a touchdown win for the Eagles, maybe 10. I, I'm not going to lay 12 with the Eagles. I would stay away from that. I would stay away from the Chiefs-Raiders. Uh, this game I love. I love the Niners at home. 
in the Christmas night game. Niners minus five and a half right now. Listen, Ravens are playing well, but the Niners are the best team in football right now. And it's, I don't think it's that close. They've got all everybody healthy. This, this is the MVP game, folks. If right now, Brock Purdy's the MVP most likely in the league. If the Niners win this game and Purdy plays well, it's in the bag. It's over. But if Lamar plays well and they go beat the Niners on the road, I think he's the favorite to win his second MVP. Finally, the Browns and the Houston Texans, 1 o'clock in Houston. The Browns, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, were a two-and-a-half-point dog. Now they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. No C.J. Stroud. No Tank Dell. Nico Collins didn't practice on Wednesday, so it looks like he's not going to play. Case Keenum is the worst of the two veterans. I'll take Flacco over Keenum. Browns win again, get their 10th victory. Unbelievable. Beat the Texans uh, by three to seven points. I'll lay the two and a half with the Browns. That's it for me for today. Thanks to Max for producing and for Monzo. Thanks to all of you for watching and listening. Have a great, great holiday weekend. I'll be on on Sunday. I will do the podcast on Sunday on Christmas Eve. I'll put out a podcast probably about five o'clock, somewhere around there. As soon as the Browns get, well, I'll record it as soon as the game is over. Browns, Texans, we'll have a, have a podcast for you Sunday. And uh, But thank you all for watching and listening. Please hit the subscribe button. Please hit the like button. And I'll see you next time. Where else but right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.